Welcome to episode 144 of Ready Press Play, recorded January 5th, 2023, where you're bi-weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Today, we'll be talking about our holiday break, some latest breaking gaming news, the future of Ready Press Play, as well as some video game anniversaries. Stay tuned. What's up, players? This is your host, Dan Lima, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Luis Menchaca. You know, Dan, I didn't even think of anything to say, actually. I should have thought of something, but whatever. I actually, have an idea. I have something. To, I have something for you. Okay. Um, we're going to get into it later, but I want to st- preview it now, and we'll circle back when, it's, when the time is right. But, you know, Dan, Tetris on the Game Boy is only 32 kilobytes. Okay. Yeah. True story. uh, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) back in the day, there used to be more of a concern about memory (laughs) to video games because you had such limited, like your resources were so limited. You really had to be really thoughtful about everything. Like every programming variable that you created just had to be as small as you could make it. and, And you had to figure out ways to keep things very efficient in that way. Nowadays, memory is cheap and and readily available and that doesn't mean that game developers did not have concerns about memory with bigger projects but um if you're not making something you know triple a that's running on console and extracting trying to extract every inch of power out of the hardware then you probably wouldn't even try to make something that small you know what i mean like, <laughs> or just generally people don't even try to make something that small so that's why we don't yeah, I'm just saying, like, the number four greatest game of Ready Press Play's best list of, uh, best game of all time only clocks in at 32 kilobytes. I just thought yeah. that was funny. Yeah. That makes me wonder what the biggest one is in that list. And how oh my many God. games would that be? <laughs> we need to get the file sizes of all these motherfucking games now. Yeah. And just put them in parentheses. It, it, it might be God of War 2018 or, or something no, like that. No, GTA V. Oh, you're right. That might be it. That might yeah. be it. Um... Yeah, well, Lewis, something that you could have said is Happy New Year. Ah, yes, that is uh, true. We haven't. I haven't even said Happy New Year to you, even off off uh, off camera. You're right. Yeah, I know, right? What Damn, I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> and well, I forgot your birthday, so you know, even <laughs> though you go. kept hinting at it for weeks on end, um, <laughs> I actually have this app that I just did. So I had it installed at some point in the past, and then my phone automatically deleted it because I have this offload uh, setting where my iPhone automatically detects apps that i don't use very much and then it will like uninstall them for me mm-hmm. which i just turned that off because i was getting annoyed at like expecting an app to be there and it wasn't there <laughs> um but okay. i reinstalled this app to track birthdays and i've i've spent some time in this beginning of 2023 just kind of going through and uh adding as many birthdays on it as i can from like friends and family and stuff like that so your nice. birthday is in there now so hopefully i'll get a notification and not actually forget this time <laughs> nice nice um what's it called um i use facebook that's how that's how i get on my, my yeah. friends like my like i get a, there's a if you type in birthdays in the search bar there's a there's like an app where you can see all of your friends' birthdays all in one just Oh, you can sort of like neat. scroll through them and I do it at the beginning of every month. So I have like this dry erase board calendar that's nailed to my, my, my bedroom wall. 
and I just, at the beginning of the month when I'm putting in the dry erase board for the entire month, I just go to Facebook, type in birthdays, and then write in and the dry erase marker like everyone's birthdays for the month. So that way yeah, I you remember. You take this thing very seriously. <laughs> that way I remember to like uh, go on Facebook, go to their profile and say happy birthday. Yeah. Wow. And if they really matter, then I'll text them, you know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I actually, I, I haven't really used much Facebook in many years and I happened to just go back on it uh, over the last few days specifically for this so that I could find people's birthdays <laughs> and put it on this app um, so that I can use this instead and not actually have to use Facebook. But I don't know, maybe I'll, I'm actually debating whether I should go back to using Facebook occasionally just because you end up with those situations with social media where it's like some people only use like there's a lot of people that only use one primary form of social media, right? Yeah. So like there's people that are primarily on Twitter. There are people that are primarily on, on Instagram. Instagram people, yeah. 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 People that are still primarily on Facebook. And so like, because I've gotten away from so many different social medias, there are people that I feel like I got disconnected from that maybe, and, and you know, the people that matter, I feel like you kind of find a way to stay connected regardless, but I do wonder sometimes like, oh, maybe, maybe I would have been a little bit more connected to certain people if I was active on the platform that they happen to be on. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I think you know. like, in, I think real life IRL matters the most. So if you're connected with somebody, you're just, you're in their lives kind of thing. That's how I, that's how I sort of see things. I, I don't really use social media and I don't really have like a desire to, I, when I was really young, I wanted to, but like now that I'm like on this side of 30, it's like, meh you know so mm -hmm. i think social media is a young person's game yeah yeah well the question becomes am i still young enough for it <laughs> um and the answer is i don't know um so lewis are you into like new year resolutions and stuff like that i'm sure we've talked about it in previous years but i don't i kind of don't remember where you fall on the spectrum because it i have seems like some people are very pro new year resolutions and some people are vehemently against them I think uh, I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I would be again. Mm -hmm. I'm against them in the sense that I know I'm not going to follow through. So why bother? Uh, but like the, the the optimist in me likes to like make one just to do it. And I always make the same one. And every year I manage to un like I manage to uh, get fatter. So it's like my <laughs> my New Year's resolution is to lose weight. And but somehow at the end at the I slowly creep untrend upwards. You know. So. Yeah. I feel like that's the it's like the most uh, common um new year resolution it must be the most common new year resolution of yeah in the world right and probably it's yeah. also the most common one that people don't don't achieve um i um so i i'm i'm a fan of new year resolutions i've i guess because i've ever since i was a kid it's just something that i grew up doing and um it became more formalized as i got older and since about i want to say since about like five or six years ago my family developed this tradition where we will every new year, so we'll take a piece of paper and we will write not just like one resolution, but rather a list of like things I want to like things you want to accomplish over the next year. And then every year we'll look back at the previous year's list mm -hmm. and write the new one. And my, my dad like stores them in this little box and we just won't look at them until the next uh, new wow. year's. And it's kind of be become this little like ceremony family tradition. that we do yeah yeah um and it and it's cool the, and, and the thing about when you write multiple things and that's once once that became our tradition you also like kind of make choices based on that you, you can kind of like set yourself up for success in some ways like 
Like if you're writing, if you're writing like 10 things, right. Or like five things that you want to accomplish on the next year, it's kind of like our prediction games where you can sort of like, like maybe you have some stuff that's out there, some stuff that you're likely not going to achieve, but you can also throw yourself some easy ones, like some, <laughs> some, like some throw yourself some bones that you know, you're most likely going to, going to get. And so it's, it feels a little bit nicer where you're on the next year and you're looking back on it and you're like, Oh, I actually did that one or whatever. Like even, even if it's just one out of five or two out of five or something, um so yeah, yeah. so, so that's kind of how it's been going i love one gaming they're like uh you know uh baron told me that i should instead of because like i like to write like exposés and you know i wrote one kind of recently and stuff like that so i like i like i wanted to be like the lowest lane of level one gaming and like part of the like when it comes to like writing like a bigger pieces that i write it's like they take too much uh, it's too much quality over quantity and mm-hmm. like, and it's a bad thing for level one gaming the site, like for the algorithms and stuff like that, because there's there's not much uploads from me or whatever. They're very sporadic. And um, uh, Baron was telling me like I should just write more side chick content. Is how he explained it to me. Just content, just you throw it out there. You're just gonna get some stuff. It'll get some views. It'll get some traffic. And uh, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like the idea of you just throw some side chick uh, resolutions in there, and you'll <laughs> you'll get it. <laughs> I love that. That's really funny, <laughs> the, the wording it that way. Um, yeah, and I, you know, and it's, it was interesting for me writing like this one's resolutions because, or this this upcoming year's resolutions because I kind of realized that I I don't, and and maybe this is a little um, almost just a little spoiled to say perhaps, but I feel like there's not a lot that I want right now. Like I I feel like some, and it's not like I have this like amazingly perfect life or something. I'm trying to pretend like that's the case. I feel like. I got to a point in my life where I'm generally satisfied with a lot of things mm-hmm. where I don't feel like there's a lot that I am like, feel like I, I'm needing or I'm craving or that I really got to like work my ass off to achieve like over the next year. Um, and I, I think that's a good place to be. Like I, I felt really good about that when I realized it, like where I went to write and I'm like, like for a while I was like pushing, like I really wanted a promotion at work, but that actually did just happened um, <laughs> over the last month. I don't know. I don't remember now if I mentioned that in the podcast or not. And so I feel weird. Like I feel weird about writing anything job related when I feel like I just got what I what I needed, and now it's just about like fulfilling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, or or rather, uh, now that I've gotten it, then I got to live up to it. That's what yeah. it is. You know. And and so to me, it was like I I know I'm I'm happy where the career is at. Like I don't feel like I need to make any requests. Like or or promise kind of internal promises there i like generally like personal life like relationships i think everything is in a good spot Damn. so it's I, like I ended, it's like you have like a perfect life good god you got yeah, college, you're, yeah, you're college educated like you're married yeah. you got a career and you got yeah. good looks you're tall as fuck i mean god damn <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you man it, it almost feels like a flex but i didn't mean it that way i just meant that i was like it it made me happy to realize like oh, i don't know like I did write like in my list. I did write like I do still want to get healthier. Like I do still think that's a thing. But like I, I feel like I have like no. Don't get me wrong. I'm not the healthiest person, but I, I was healthier this year than I was the previous year, and so yeah. I do feel like I'm sort of on the right track. And I just gotta like not lose it and like keep that going and then i don't know you could um, write you could write some like some some zen stuff some like work-life balance happiness goals or something like that or travel yeah exactly that's that's kind of where i'm thinking now like it's like travel like like mindfulness like health 
And I actually wrote like play more games because I, I realized like getting to the end of this year that this act- this year I actually did not play a lot of games. Like we Welcome did- to my world. <laughs> yeah. We uh I, I pretty much only played the games that we did for the for our spoiler cast. Yeah. Like I don't I I don't really think I played pretty much anything else other than our stuff we did for the spoiler cast. So um I'm glad we started the spoiler cast show by the way. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Sour, so it's yeah. Like, it was uh you know track toyomi oxen free um ghost of tsushima i did play horizon in the beginning of the year and i was trying to remember if guardians of the galaxy if i played that last year i'm or surprised this year, and I can... i'm surprised you didn't do it in 2022 where you did your little tweet thread by the way you should have done yeah that. yeah i i feel like i i got a little embarrassed about the fact that like the amount of games that i played became like less and less every year after that <laughs> but... <laughs> I should do it. I should go and uh, and I also like I I thought about this too because I got those ear and review things from like Nintendo and PlayStation and it was sort of embarrassing. Like I because <laughs> it was like uh, for PlayStation it was like I had like three games and like the first game was like Ghost of Tsushima, right? Like fifty hours or sixty hours or whatever. Then it was like Horizon Zero Dawn, about the same amount of time. And then the third game was like ten hours. It was uh. Actually, the third game might have been Stray. Yeah. And and so while other people, like in their list, they got like, you know, the amount of games was much higher than they also had like games that they played for like over 100 hours and shit like that. Yeah, my highest um, played game was uh, Fortnite at 83 hours. Um, it was also mm-hmm. kind of a little embarrassing, but also like my nephews are the worst because like my nephews play on my accounts right. uh, on both PlayStation and Nintendo. And so it's like my, my data is so unreliable. Like, my number one most played game was a game that I never even played before, and it was Red Dead Redemption 2, because my nephew managed to put in 140 oh, yeah. hours into that game in, in a month, and I'm like, god damn it. Uh, and I and yeah. I bitched at my nephew. I was like, how dare you ruin my stats? <laughs> Hashtag first world problems. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, mm. And also kind of feel really bad for my nephew, because like, uh, I think my nephew could have used, could have spent, you know time on his doing other things other than playing red dead but you know whatever um yeah, subject for another time fair enough. <laughs> uh but anyways um but yeah i i don't i don't i don't know i kind of sort of resigned myself uh to like these year-end stats you know not being uh not being a flex you know like i saw yeah. like front of the show kyle like put on twitter like he got 69 platinums i'm like Oh, you know, I was like, that's pretty good. You got good. like two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like, just first off 69, congratulations. That was, uh, that was very nice. He's like, he said that, uh, he's like, I can't get any more platinums this year. It was like at the beginning of December when they released those stats or whatever. He's like, mm-hmm. he decided to leave it for the memes. So I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, d- I at least, I, I gotta say, I at least got really into, um, like so the from the games that i played a decent amount of them were games that i actually am happy that i played and i actually did get really into them like i i still believe ghost is uh yes like i'm really happy that we got to do that i yes. feel like that is one of the one of the greats so um and and now i'm playing god of war just like you are and we're going to be doing spoiler cast for that too um uh, probably coming out at the end of the month for those listening um do you want to talk a little bit about that? Just early thoughts? Yeah, early thoughts. Um, I'm guessing, like, I got to say, not having played Elden Ring, um, you know, it's it just makes sense that why uh, God of War didn't win Game of the Year. It's not to say any shade to, like, God of War. It's like, 
uh, we've, we've seen the game already. We played God of War 2018, so it's not like it's not new anymore. It's not you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice. That's kind of sort of how I feel. Uh, the game is uh, like technically better in uh, so many different ways, you know, you know, more, yeah. more customization, better, sh- uh, uh, better uh, combat, you know, better graphics, even dare I say even better acting. Right. Like mm-hmm. uh, there's just so much going on that's better. But like it's not new. It's not magical. It's not you know, this uh, eye-popping wonder, like, there's nothing... I feel like there's something that's not special about it anymore, and yeah, uh, just early impressions is, like, the game is sort of, like, you know, paint-by-numbers in, in my mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's like, I don't know how to... I don't know what to say. Like, it's like, like pre, pre-release, like, my uh, initial expectations was just be the same and I'll be happy. And then I got exactly what I want, but I'm not happy. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think the game is pretty great so far. And I know that you agree with that. We're talking a little bit off air. It, it's just, it, it's like you you said off air, you can't capture lightning in a bottle twice. And I feel like I, I, I think that too, where the first game was this reinvention of the franchise that nobody was truly expecting. And it blew everybody away. Like people that were not into God of War before suddenly were into this new game, this new version of God of War. They were finally giving Kratos a true personality and a true character and adding this other character in. It was a whole new mythology. With a whole new, new dimension. Fight and all that stuff. And, and then now this just feels like it's like, it's a second part of the first game, right? It's almost like they could have, they almost could have called this God of War part two, right? Kind of how they did with the last of us. Um, Cause it feels like it's, um, it, I guess it, it just feels like a continuation. It feels like it could have been a PS4 game. Like this could have been like the last PS4 game before the PS5 came out or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a truly, uh, next gen experience or something that is reinventing the the franchise and and honestly that's probably for the best because they don't need to do that again you know it's it's going to be a great game nonetheless but i i agree with you where i understand why this would not be the game that overwhelmingly wins game of the year um be- versus compared to a game that is kind of doing things different and and reinventing and reinvigorating the formula and being um, brand new Elden ring yeah yeah um, brand new IP and all that stuff, which I started playing Elden Ring as well, and I haven't made as much progress on that. I, I've only played it for like maybe like about two hours, uh, but I can already tell on those first two hours. And and I know a friend of the show, Daniel Sabogal, will listen to this and probably text me about it afterwards. From the first two hours, I'm not sure if the Elden Ring is for me, <laughs> um, because I very much like I I kind of started the game, create your character, you go through this little tutorial in the beginning. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it, I learned the mechanics, but then you're just kind of thrown into the open world, and I'm like, now what? And I it's sort of up to you to like figure out, like go do whatever you want, kind of like Breath of the Wild style. Uh, but it's even less guided than Breath of the Wild. Like Breath of the Wild, you kind of have like an early quest to like go do. Um, sort of early on and this game is just like no you're just out there so go do something and then you just kind of start running around and then you find a thing and you try to kill it and then it kills you and then you go back (laughs) to where you were before and i'm just kind of like all right i haven't quite to me for the kind of gamer that i am like i haven't quite quite i haven't quite got the appeal yet um yeah i don't know i'm just i'm not the hugest fan of just like 
oh, it's all open. You can go do literally anything you want. Like, I sort of prefer a more guided structure experience. Yeah. yeah, with like a story and that, that I'm following along with and stuff. But fair enough. Uh, anyway, Louis, there's uh, there's one thing we gotta talk about in the beginning of the show, and it's we're already 20 minutes in. Yeah, we haven't uh, even done the second part of the intro where it's like, remember, we meet every Friday and stuff like that. But there's, there's uh, other stuff. There's other stuff yeah. that we got to talk about, though. Like, I actually... There is uh, other stuff. Uh, before we get into, like, the little bit of tidbits and stuff and other other uh, little fun random news, um, I wanted to tell you what I did over the holidays, actually. Okay. Um, so, I actually... Uh, I told you before I bought the Steam Deck, and I have been tinkering with the Steam Deck uh, for most of the the, uh, the the holiday break. So much so that I actually did more tinkering than playing anything on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me explain it to you. So I bought this this device that rips ROMs and game saves from from cartridges. So like okay. I can I can take my Super Nintendo, put it in this thing, and it'll not only read the ROM and save it into an SD card, but it'll also read my game save file and like actually copy it too. As well as it'll allow me to write my save file. So if I wanted to, you know, play a game on an emulator on my PC and then bring it to an official hardware, I can do it that way too. So it's really cool. It's like a nice little uh, way of preserving games. So nice. I preserved all of my NES. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, I have to buy an adapter for that. Uh, I have to pre- preserve all of my Super NES, my Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Sega Genesis, and Nintendo 64 games. Like all of them. Wow. I took my entire how library, did, and it took like how days. How long did that take you? Days. Like not like physically days, but more like I was chipping away at it slowly, like in between my work days and stuff. Um, Dang. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately I got around to doing it. I organized all my folders and I downloaded all the emulators. So the thing that I you need to know is that the switch, I'm sorry, the switch, fuck, I even called it the switch. God damn. The, <laughs> the, Steam, Deck. the Steam Deck is basically like a switch pro essentially what it is. Um, it's a PC. It's, it mm-hmm. runs Linux. You can run it, uh, run it in desktop mode. And so I was able to download all these emulators that are on that are on the store like on the uh, linux store that's you know when you open it in desktop mode and it essentially does everything for you it maps the game uh, it maps the controls for you it does the emulation for you it does a for a folder for you like a folder system for you so once you just um you know once i took all of the games that i that i preserved and i migrated them over um i was able to auto sort and make even cool like little thumbnail arts for me too so now my steam deck looks like this treasure trove of so many badass games from like i even played like the lion king like one of my favorite games from the Sega genesis on it and nice. it looks beautiful like nice uh, i kind of i need to like work on learning how to map the controls because like the auto mapping isn't quite much to my personal liking and um it, the game also doesn't seem to support save states uh which kind of sucks um I would like to be able to beat more games um, and you can use like, you know, in-game saves if a game supported battery save, but like some of them just kind of are a little wonky for me. So whatever. <laughs> Isn't that, doesn't that have to do with the emul- emulators that you're using though? Yes. Like aren't you able to go in and install other emulators that would support? Yes. Yes. Um, basically I bought, I got this, uh, this thing called a uh, emo, emo deck, which is basically a one-stop shop that like, it's an emulator or it's like, it's a program that houses multiple emulators built within it. So like, I just like, it's sort of like, instead of me customizing everything, I just sort of let it do all it for me, let it do all the dirty work for me kind of stuff. So it's very like easy, like kind of plug mm-hmm. and play as, as plug and play as you can get. 
Um, so yeah, I just sucks that emu deck or whatever whatever it chose. It just doesn't seem to support save states unless it does. I don't even know about it. I just need to do more tinkering and more more YouTubing and stuff. Um, so yeah, I got all that set up. Uh, I need to work on getting the GameCube's uh, library set up. I want to play Melee on the Steam Deck. Um, and apparently there's even a way to like emulate Wii U and Nintendo Switch games on the Steam Deck. But I don't have any of those ROMs. But, um, Wouldn't I, it be the Dolphin emulator? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, there's also a Nintendo Switch, a specific Nintendo Switch emulator. I don't know what it's called. Uh, but basically, like, I would have to like uh, jailbreak or like uh, mod my switch in order to rip the ROMs and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I could have like Smash Ultimate, like, and I've seen a YouTube video of like Smash Ultimate and Mario Kart and Breath of the Wild being play played on the Steam Deck, which is kind of cool. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyways, um, so yeah, it's a PC. There's a lot of PC stuff that you got to do with it. And I actually just yesterday learned how to convert Microsoft like Windows 64-bit um, executable files and port them to the to the Steam Deck. Dang. So I already got Super Smash Flash Two running on my Steam Deck. It's pretty nice. Dang. Yeah. Nice. So my next plan is to put uh, AM2R and Pokemon Uranium and other executables that I have in my PC and bring them over to my Steam Deck. I also got my Epic Games library running on my Steam Deck already. So I literally have like this giant treasure chest of like a lot of PC games that are going to be on my Steam Deck. It's going to be ridiculous. I'm at like maybe 50% capacity, 60% capacity as far as like how much I can port over. It just takes time. Yeah. Dang. And it's a process. It's like, I like, like it's because it's a PC, you have to like, there's just so much customization and so, so you have to get right. these programs and it's like that in and of itself is like a time consumer, but it sucks. But I, I, it just it sucks that, like, like it's like a month in and a, I'm not even fully up and running yet. Yeah, it sounds like you're having a good time doing it, though. It's like, it's almost a hobby on itself, right? Like, it's Yeah. Like, it's the kind of stuff that PC players get into as well. And it it's interesting that you're not the biggest PC gamer yourself, but maybe the Steam Deck will be your PC for gaming for all intents and purposes because you are, you know, you know, you are into handheld gaming and, and console gaming. And it kind of is this mix between a console, a handheld, and a PC. Yeah. That I just kind of imagine that whenever we're doing the Venn diagram, a, uh, <laughs> the Venn diagram. Yeah. yeah. When, whenever yeah. we're doing like a, an OGAT for a PC only game or something, if that day comes, then you're probably going to play it on the Steam Deck. Probably. Oh, and I also, yeah. um, I got, you got to like, there's like this thing where you have to do some minor coding. Um, and I did. Uh, it was very easy to do. It was very like step by step, like step one, do this, right? I got Xbox Gaming uh, xCloud running on my Steam Deck, and I've already tried it. It works beautifully. Like, I can play everything that's on xCloud or PC uh, Game Pass. I can play it on my Steam Deck, like straight up. Mm -hmm. I was like, very nice. It's very, I already played Fortnite on it uh, because it's Fortnite's on xCloud. Uh, but yeah, just, it's really, nice. it's like the sky's the limit is how I sort of yeah. see it right now. It's like, it's ridiculous. So it's like, it sucks because like, I barely bought any PC games in my entire time. My Steam library is kind of like meh. Uh, the only thing I, that my Epic Games library is so vast because I've always, I've been claiming every free game as much as I could when I remember to. So it's like, it's really nice knowing that I have all of these games at my disposal and I can just start like not playing them. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's something really funny about the fact that uh, I, I am the programmer amongst us and somehow I feel like you have so much more patience than me for just kind of tinkering with tech and 
like getting stuff like that working and looking into emulators and and etc. While like to me, I'm like I just want I just want a plug and play console (laughs) that I can just. You know, I just want to put the disc in and, and uh, kick my feet up and, and play a game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of there on some of the games, by the way, like what I've managed to accomplish. But, like, that's how I knew about mm-hmm. uh, how Tetris was only 32 kilobytes because when I ripped the ROMs, it tells me the file size. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I I think it was uh, Link's Awakening, which is my first Zelda game, which is also one of my favorite, like, t- all-time, you know, Zelda games because, you know, the current theory, the current fan theory is your first Zelda game is always going to be one of your favorites. Um so when I found when I saw uh, that the file size for Link's Awakening was only 128 kilobytes, I think for me a little bit of a little bit of that magic for me of that game just died. Just knowing that it was so small, <laughs> like it just I felt like seeing it like 128 kilobyte, and it's like you know reading or like writing the ROM to my SD card. It's like I don't know something about that magic of what that game meant to me just sort of was like oh that's. That's it. Why? Yeah, I don't know. You should I, be impressed by yeah. it. Like, it's that's the thing that's impressive is like how small you can make things because like a, a, a kilobyte is a thousand, like it's like a thousand twenty four bytes, right? So, um, it's when you're creating stuff like, um, and you're creating your programming, you're creating variables and and et cetera, Like, you can do a lot with a byte of data, right? Like a byte of data is can have 255 unique uh values it's Fuck. like a number from like zero to 255 goes in one byte right like so because it's like one bit it's like we're gonna get into weird like kind of like software development talk now but like one bit is zero or one right so you have like two values in one bit it's just uh when people joke about like binary code right like zero or one or whatever a byte is eight bits so you have imagine like eight digits next to each other that can either be zero or one right so if you had like two bits for example you would have four variations because it's two times two so if you had three bits it would be two times two times two so a byte which is eight bits uh it ends up being 256 um values and so therefore you can store like if you have a situation where it's like you need a number to store how many uh hearts link can have that is less than 255 values. Um, so you can store that in a byte, right? Uh, and you can have 1024 of those in a kilobyte. That's not going into the textures and the visual stuff. I'm just talking about the data, the code. Like it, you can do a lot with like very little when it comes to code, uh, especially for those kind of simpler games from back in the day. Yeah. And then the sprites, like. If you're talking because of how like small the sprites are and how much stuff was reused and stuff, it didn't take that much space either. Uh, and then on top of that, the programmers also had like more advanced techniques at the time to kind of like fit stuff into like smaller, kind of like smaller spaces than they would nowadays. Yeah. So the truth is like you can get a lot like fit into like a small amount of memory. The main thing that has changed since that time frame to now is that because you don't have to do that anymore, then a lot of people don't like you just kind of don't try that hard anymore to keep things like low memory because memory has become so cheap and available yeah nintendo is the only company that seems to like try to like compress their games or try to like be very uh what do you call it frugal with their file sizes yeah 
Um, but yeah, you're right. It is, it is, it is interesting. You made me think about like all those, like, uh, those like, did you know videos or like how they managed to like, m like make tiles, like repeating themselves to save on space or whatever, like these little shortcuts or like these developer tricks and stuff like that. I think that yeah. art is sort of kind of gone <laughs> these days. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's that art exists, but it has evolved. It, it, that art has evolved into something else. That art is now used by rendering programmers in triple a, uh console games like um like spider-man by insomniac right yeah. or like the last of us or stuff like that and and they're using it to do like complex effects or to be able to load like a city like as fast as they load it and it, so forth like we know about the ssd on the ps5 but spider-man ran amazingly even on the ps4 like even playing the game on the ps4 on the base ps4 even though you had longer loading, you could still swing through that city seamlessly uh, and not see like buildings popping as you're swinging through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and that's because they had like kind of those those programming wizards that 20 years ago were making Link to the Past, or actually like more like 30 years ago were making Link to the Past fit into uh, 32 kilobytes or whatever. Um, now are uh, I have are working on doing shit like that instead yeah and um, I, if i remember correctly the number one ready press play list of best games of all time super mario world was only one megabyte dang yeah yeah that's pretty nuts all right man what a <laughs> what a detour what a fun <laughs> what, what a fun episode this is going to be so far i actually i'm going to tell you something Louis. um i don't even want you to worry about sound effects on this we're gonna oh, do okay a, we're going to do a, a low-key conversational show, right? Yeah. Um, so we have an announcement that we're going to be making this episode. And it's a big announcement. And I'll say everybody should make sure to uh, tune in and, and hear this announcement. But we're not going to do it yet. Uh, we're actually going <laughs> to cover... Tease. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, I'm teasing it. It'll be later in the episode. I had originally planned on it from the beginning. But since we're already way past the beginning of the show because we're 35 minutes in, I think maybe we should kind of do it at the end. Oh no! Um, oh damn! Okay, you're, I'm, gonna, you're against I'm, it? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tease it. Ready? Press play. 4.0. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. No, we'll no, get no. There. It's okay. Yeah. We can wanna... we can do it at the end. It's um yeah. It's it's kind of like your call. You're the host. If you wanna if you wanna wait for all it right. to the end, then I'll, we can just tease it. I'll here. do it when I when I feel like it. It will it will force people to actually like you know. It's one oh, of those things like oh, let's not mm. even put a time code. <laughs> let's just be mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta listen to the to the whole show to know. Uh, but Louis, something that happened since we last recorded a regular episode, which has now been like I don't know, like over a month ago, um, is that we saw the winner for the World Cup. Um, you know the the final matches. I think we talked a little bit about the World Cup last time. I think I said I was bummed out that Brazil had gotten eliminated or whatever. Uh, but Argentina won the World Cup, and good for them, by the way. There's like this big rivalry between Brazil and Argentina, but I was actually rooting for them in the finale. Yeah, because uh, the they, final. Your Brazil lost, so you had to change teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's that, and and also I I really wanted it for Lionel Messi, who's their star player and one of the, I, I mean. He might be the player that won, like, kind of best player of the year, like, the most amount of times over the last, like, 20 years. And somehow he had never won a World Cup with his uh, home country. So I was kind of... And, and he's close to retiring now. He's, like, in his late... I think his mid to late 30s, which is usually when soccer players retire. Uh, so I was happy to see that he, like, 
sort of like at the end ish of his career he was able to get that trophy like the one trophy that he Alluded didn't have him. yet so yeah yeah um but the thing that i found out uh when i was grabbing news for the show and i i saw this on a uh, polygon is that the game FIFA apparently has predicted uh, that Argentina was going to win this World Cup. And apparently they have predicted the last three World Cup winners as well. Um, and I guess those what, algorithms are very good at simulating like, the, exactly. player, like and, you know, the player's stats that they just type in and they like let it run itself and find out. I know. And I always give, whenever we're talking about EA, I give the disclaimer, I'm an EA employee, yada, yada. I don't work on FIFA or anything related to it. I just legitimately thought this was, me myself, not representing the company, just thought this was very cool and interesting that somehow, like, I guess it show it kind of shows that the the information they get in the game is somehow so accurate that when they run these algorithms it actually ends up coming out with the results that the matches have in real life <laughs> and um yeah it, i don't know it's a little mind-blowing it almost makes you like i guess it almost makes you question the like the authenticity of the sport in this weird way or like the the fun of the sport or the kind of the une- unexpected unexpectability of the sport when um, it can all be just found out by an algor- algorithm or something yeah yes yes now it is it is important to say that i think that they haven't they did not necessarily predict like every game right yeah uh like they, but they still Brazil predict the second and then france third but then swapped in real life yeah yeah um so yeah anyway just figured out throw that out there so we have a lot of stories today that i'm just gonna we're kind of just gonna mention like that we don't need to get too into it um and then this other one is that it, we t- we talked last episode uh about the the speech the christopher judge the actor that plays kratos in god of war 2018 and god of war ragnarok uh he was the first awarded um he, he was the first winner in the game awards this year you know, Al Pacino was on stage and delivered the the award for best performance in in a video game, and Christopher Judge took the award, and he proceeded to go on and on and on on his speech, and it was kind of this comical thing that they alluded to throughout the rest of the show. It was very uncomfortable for the people that were actually there in the audience, and he just kept <laughs> like after a certain amount of time, he just started looking at each other, being like, so. <laughs> Is this uh, when is it gonna end and etc. But um, well, it turns out that he actually broke a record for the longest, uh, the longest speech ever given in an award show, like in general, <laughs> not even just for video games. Um, so um, he surpassed the longest one before, which was from the 1942 Oscars. Like so, this record. This per- this person had had the record for almost a hundred years, like literally eighty years, and then uh, they had a speech of five minutes and thirty seconds. And Christopher Judge, with a <laughs> an impressive seven minutes fifty nine seconds, somehow surpassed that. Damn, yeah, eighty years of holding that record, and finally, uh, yeah, Christopher Judge comes in there and beats it by a good solid what two minutes and thirty seconds, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, now, I, what does this say about Christopher Judge's character? In <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I know. Honestly, like I, I, I gotta say, like I thought the speech was fifteen minutes. To tell you the truth, I didn't know it was only eight. Um, oh, it felt long as hell because it, it actually 
he probably could have said everything he did say in under five minutes, but he had these long, long pauses, yeah. pauses, right? Which made it feel even longer than it actually was. Um, yeah, man, I don't. I feel like I can't help but you know you want people to go in there and have their moment, and I I never want people to be rushed out or rushed through their speeches when they're there tend to be some really good speeches in these shows sometimes, but I I feel like I can't help. It, I almost feel like he I that him doing that speech when he did it how he did it kind of um, brought him down a couple notches. On yeah, my, like people were clowning on him too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like I I just feel like I I think I said it last time that we talked about it, but I, I just felt like it was a selfish thing to do. It's like it's inconsiderate to the rest of the people. It's 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 almost like being a, di- a diva. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like you're you're making it all about you. I know that you won an award. You can make it all about you for you know four minutes <laughs> you know two three minutes then, you know yeah. yeah and then and then move on but anyway yeah um yeah enough said got nothing else to add nah all right and uh and of course you know we talked about elden ring and uh god of war a little bit earlier in the show um and there's this story here i brought in from push square um but it actually comes, the original source's reset era. It says here, Elden Ring has apparently topped The Last of Us Part Two as the most game of the year awarded game ever. This is according to an in-depth study on reset era, which has been tallying game of the year wins for years now, taking all kinds of gaming publications into account. Despite dividing a lot of opinions, The Last of Us Part Two ended up with a hopping 322 Game of the Year awards in the release year of 2020. However, Elden Ring has crept past Naughty Dog's post-apocalyptic sequel, with the open-world RPG currently sitting at 323 awards. And in all likelihood, that, uh, that number is only going to increase, given there were just a few days into the new year. And that's that's yeah. true. There's um, more award shows we, to come. Yeah, I know GDC is in March. Dice. There's Dice in yeah. like February. Uh, meanwhile, God of War Ragnarok received just 74 Game of the Year awards, even though it exploded into the scene much later in 2022 and garnered near universal praise from critics. Uh, but but it hey, at least it won four squares Game of the Year, uh, which makes sense. It's a very PlayStation. Uh, oh, that is true. Uh, bias site, right? Well, that and um, also, well, well, Elden Rings on PlayStation, but still, yeah. Yeah. Um, so why do you think of that, Lewis? Um, you know what? Good riddance. Uh, I feel like uh, The Last of Us <laughs> 2 deserved to not have that title. Yeah, had to, deserved to have that title removed. I will say that. Uh, just for personal reasons. Um, so that being said, yay. Um, you know, Elden Ring, it's a phenomenon. You know, I just... I, I even, my, even people that are, like, in my family that don't play video games were talking about Elden Ring. So that's how I knew yeah. that the, the hype was real. So... Um, this doesn't surprise me in the least bit, but what does surprise me was that there's even 323 outlets to give out awards. You know what I mean? Like, good God. <laughs> They're um, probably from all over the, the world. They're probably counting like websites in yeah. Europe and Asia and, and the Americas. And You know, I'm surprised um, that we as a website, Level 1 Gaming, doesn't like come together and vote on a game of the year. But, you know, whatever. You know, you got to change that, Lewis. You can, all, all you got to do is bring it up. You guys, I, I think you might want to, you you might have enough of an audience to justify doing an actual, um, like, awards, like, level one gaming awards uh, <laughs> show, don't you think? Yeah, like, we, uh, maybe, maybe. You don't need to go all crazy with it. It could be, like, it could it could literally be 
a, a double XP special <laughs> where y'all come together. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you, and you vote or something. And maybe actually, okay, so you can still do this, this idea of fame. I don't mind it. Uh, <laughs> you guys can come up with the nominees and then y'all vote. And on the day of double XP, you know, somebody gets to go in and read like the results based <laughs> on what everybody voted. So it's like a surprise to everybody or, you know, maybe maybe someone is responsible for like seeing all the results, like a third party sees all the results and then distributes like, hey, like, uh, Lewis, you're going to announce like this category and uh, just kind of does. The, we do the equivalent of like giving you an envelope. You we know get like I mean? a double blind kind of situation. And so that way we don't even know who won until you know, <laughs> we're getting our reactions. <laughs> <laughs> I could just well, see a situation where like, all right, we have a lot of fans in our, in our level one gaming discord. We got like, you know, writers and stuff like that. Let's just let it go down on the on the discord. Let it go. Let the uh, yeah, award. Yeah. And like the battle for who gets nominated get to go down on the Discord, and then we find out who the nominees are, and then you know later on and stuff like that. That'd be funny. I could see that happening. I could just there you go. I, I don't know. Like a part of me, I would love to see how like uh, how level one gaming would like uh, how we would vote. Like I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't even know if there was like like a really good Xbox game that you know we could have voted for as the winner. Because like I just feels like I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm gonna put it, I'm gonna throw this down there. Like. I'm gonna put this out there. It should be no surprise to anyone, but level one gaming leans very hard on Xbox and there's no Mm -hmm. like halo out there to like, to give the award to. So just throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, uh, last year it would have been in between halo and Forza, but then this year there were no major big Xbox games. Uh, we had high, high on life, which was an Xbox exclusive console exclusive come out towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people really like that. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what uh, fame and the others have actually played uh, this year out of the new games, but regardless uh, on the new story that we're talking about, I do just want to say when it comes to the most amount of game of the year awards uh, one, I would expect that naturally every year with new outlets being created, there are probably <laughs> more game of the year awards being given than in the previous year so the trend is that that like in quotes that title like that that uh non-official unofficial title is probably going to get surpassed every year every few years like every time you have a situation where one game is sort of like the overwhelming winner it's probably going to surpass whoever the last overwhelming winner was because there's just more outlets to give to give out the award that's a fair right? that's a fair one yeah um, what's it called um oh damn i lost my train of thought i was just i was just thinking i was sort of comparing it to like the box office like as the mm-hmm. price of tickets went up from the 90s to 2000s into the 2010s etc like the the amount of money that you make and the movie theaters is like like these bigger opening weekends you know ha- trended upwards uh, and it's not because more tickets were being sold. It's because the price of every individual ticket went up. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think I think it makes sense that Elden Ring got that. And I, I think that whenever we see uh, GTA 6 come out or <laughs> oh, Elder yeah. Scrolls 6 or whatever, you know, if they live up to the expectations, then yeah. we're probably going to see that uh, them take that crown. And I, would, um, I wouldn't uh, bat an eye for that either. So, yeah. 
Let's go on to our next uh, thing here. So over the next, uh, uh, about a week from now, actually, a week and a half from now, we're finally going to have the Last of Us TV show debut. We were just talking about The Last of Us. And there's a story here uh, from Eurogamer Vicky Blake. Uh, and she says, Naughty Dog's Neil Druckmann says, HBO's The Last of Us TV show will be the best, most authentic game adaptation. In an interview with The New Yorker, Druckmann said that he hoped that the show will put that video game curse to bed, although screenwriter Craig Mazin acknowledged that it's not the highest bar in the world to become a great adaptation given some games like Assassin's Creed have impenetrable storylines. Uh, there's some quotes here. I love the ability to wonder to do nothing in Skyrim, said Mazin before adding that. Uh, that is not translatable. By contrast, however, he said that, in quotes, The Last of Us was always a story where the story comes first. After acknowledging Naughty Dog's troubled history of adaptations, including the Uncharted film, which Druckmann says is fun, Druckmann and Mezen discussed how the show came to be, with the letter reflecting that watching a person die ought to be much different than watching pixels die, and that the story should be the focus, not action. Within quotes, Joel's skin with evading bullets is the least important thing, Mezen said, which, by the way, or Joel's skill, Joel, uh, Joel's skill with evading bullets is the least important thing. Ha, Which, by the way, is where, <laughs> yeah, where video game adaptations have gone wrong so many times. They try to replicate the action. It's just the wrong medium. That's that. That this is. That's that. This is this. Um. All right. Uh. There's some more here, but I'm running out of. Uh, I'm running out of saliva, <laughs> and I think it. Uh. We hit the point. Yeah. Um. I actually saw. Some people be a little critical of the way that uh, Craig Mazin is talking about this because he seems to be, it's like in order to uh, prop himself up, he has to bring someone else down. That's kind of it's exactly. like not the, that's definitely not the right way to do things. I mean, you definitely don't want to like uh, it, it is almost, I guess, in bad manners. It's like you know, rude. Um, even if it's true, mm -hmm. it's like, there's like a lot of times where you just don't want to say what other people are thinking kind of thing. It's like, that's kind of how I sort of see it. Uh, so yeah, it does have like a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, and when that sort of happens, um, about it, like not being a high bar to clear or whatever. I mean, we all know, we, we know it's not a high bar to clear, but we don't, you don't have to say it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I, either way, I, I'm still hyped. I'm very excited. And it's, uh, I, it just, I don't know. I, I guess you want to, you, you kind of want to hype up things, you know, you want to, you know, this is marketing really, and it's trying to get you to, you know, be there to see, tune in. But at the same time, come on, don't set yourself up. Don't, don't make the bar, don't make my expectations too high. You know, you always, mm -hmm. uh, you always want to under promise and over deliver. Yeah. I pretty much agree with you. I thought some of the sentences, some of the way they've been talking about the show are a little weird. Um, they almost seem to be disparaging not only other video game adaptations, but also just video games in general. Like to me, like <laughs> the, the, it feels like it's it's like oh yeah no like movies are not like video games. Like video games are all about the action, while like movies are about the story and like we can like tell like these emotional create these emotional moments and stuff. It's like well games do that too. Like not it almost feels like somebody that is like maybe loosely familiar with video games, but not really invested in the culture uh and and the variety of games and what games have been able to achieve over the last 10 years um talking about it and so i think it does come off as a little bit tone deaf but i also feel like nowadays it's really easy to kind of get some of these uh you know little things out of context and and uh just go and pile on people so i i don't want to do that either i just feel like hmm, 
that seems a little tone deaf. Uh, let's hope the show actually lives up to the expectations that they yeah. continue to create. Yeah. Uh, well, The Last of Us is a console game. <laughs> and, uh, I like how everything is a segue at this point. You're, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. <laughs> and let's go. I'm going straight to the. I had a link on the article, but I'm actually not going to go from this link. I'm gonna. I'm going straight to the source. There's a source uh, link at the end there. Uh, so the original source here is from GamesIndustry.biz, uh, and GamesIndustry.biz released the the Year in Numbers 2022, which is an annual infographic. Uh, revealing the best-selling games, biggest mobile markets, global revenue, and more. Uh, and there's a lot of things in here that could potentially be interesting. But the thing that we were, uh, that I was specifically um, uh, wanting to talk about, which was uh, reported on the previous article by my Nintendo News. Sorry, I, <laughs> I'm doing a little bit of like a circular thing here. Where I went from <laughs> an article to another, and then I'm coming back. back. Yeah. Yeah. Data analytics firm NewZoo has revealed in a newly published report that 72% of video games sold on consoles during 2022 were digital, while box video games accounted for 28%. Um, Nintendo doesn't generally provide digital sales for its first-party games, so if they weren't included within this report, as I suspect, then digital video game sales would have been even higher than the figure provided. So for many years, we talked about the whole like digital versus physical relationship. And we talked about how at some point digital was likely to surpass the sales of physical video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, now they've not only surpassed it, but they're like three times yeah. over. Um, does this surprise you, Lewis? No, but it saddens me. Um, I, <laughs> I, I kind of, I mean, I'm very much like, an, uh, like a dinosaur because I buy more of my games physical. Um, because like I did try switching to digital, but like, I don't know. I just like having the, I feel like, I I own more of the game when I have it physically, um, mm-hmm. you know. Just seeing it, like I think it's what. So like the revenue for for physical games was ten billion, while like the revenue for digital game was one hundred and seventy three billion. That's a huge ass difference. That doesn't seem. That seems like uh, seventeen times more or something like that, which is ridiculous. Um, but you know what? Whatever, it's fine. Um, as long as physical games don't go away in- entirely in its entirety, then you know uh, I can I can manage with the coexistence with a peaceful coexistence for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. There's some other stats here that I find interesting as well. Like, there's a list of most uh, covered companies, which I think probably means like by media. And Nintendo is number one with Microsoft number two and Sony and number three. Uh, but then when you look at most covered games, it goes Elden Ring, Fortnite, Genshin Impact, Call of Duty, The Last of Us. And so it's kind of interesting that there's like this distinction, like the most covered company is Nintendo, but the most covered games aren't even Nintendo on games. Nintendo platform, <laughs> platforms, right? Um, and Microsoft is above Sony in coverage, even though like, I don't know, that's a little surprising. Like you would think. Yeah, I feel like the Sony games like they sell better. They like seem to make more of a splash or get more critical notoriety. They have more like more hardware sales. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, they, yeah. I don't know. Exactly, exactly. Maybe just uh, Microsoft is really good at dominating the news cycle because it's like Game Pass services. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they have more updates. I you know Sony Sony has been a little bit more quiet recently um, this generation, but it's like. They don't need to say much, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> the money does the talking. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the money does the talking. Uh, well, something that Sony did say, and I have this up here as a check this out, uh, is that they uh, they announced a um, a new controller aimed at gamers with disabilities. So we covered in the past how Xbox had the their accessible controller. I forgot what they called it now. Um, but then Sony is doing that too, and it's very interesting. It looks like this. Uh, they're they're calling it Project Leonardo. Let's see what this article from Ars Technica says here. Uh, reported uh, by Kyle Orland. After years of complaints from disabled gamers about the limitations of the PlayStation 5's DualSense controller, Sony is taking its first formal steps to increase control accessibility on its newest console. The company says Project Leonardo, announced Wednesday night at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, was designed with key contributions from accessibility experts, community members, and game developers. The upcoming control solution aims to let players with disabilities play games more easily, more comfortably, and for longer periods, according to Sony's announcement. Um, so this controller, I don't even know how to describe it. There's basically like, it's a circle pad mm -hmm. with the buttons around it. And then there's a, an analog stick next to it. Yeah. What I do don't, you think of it? It just seems very, I don't know. I, I don't want to see this in action, but like, it does feel like the adaptive controller, which is the one you were trying to think of for Xbox. It yes. just seems more capable as far as like, you know, it having more features and more like, you know, ways of expanding and like just yeah having different peripherals that you can attach to it to, for different uh, different kinds of people that are disabled and this just right off rip just seems very limiting and very like small like i don't know i'd have to see more in action you know what kind of notes that they like honestly like i gotta say like project leonardo in the in like in the in the con in the conceptual phase you would think that playstation would do it better because they go second they could they already have a blueprint and then they can improve yeah. on it they can like take an adaptive controller reverse engineer it and then f figure out where they could have done better and then do it and then do it better mm -hmm. so it feels like this was like like uh, uh like a swing and a miss and just in the, in the sense that like i don't know uh i feel like uh and a good a good uh, a good controller should have two analog sticks, not just one. It just seems like I don't know. I I I, I wonder. I want to know what kind of notes, what kind, what kind of uh, internal testings that they've done to to think that this is a good thing to ship out. Uh, that's just my sort of my sort of read on the yeah. situation. Yeah, I'm trying to understand how exactly you would use it, and uh, it seems a little a little weird to me. Like I'm trying to imagine because I'm playing God of War Ragnarok right now, like how what that would be like, and um, I don't know. But I mean, with things like this, I I like to err on the side of the people that designed it are probably smarter than me and uh, know what they're doing. Uh, but we'll we'll have to wait and see when it comes out and how uh, people with disabilities respond to it. Yep. Um, and then finally, for a final topic of discussion here today, I think I think this might make uh, Lewis a little bit sad potentially. Uh, Masahiro Sakurai confirms he's now semi-retired. Um, legendary video game designer Masahiro Sakurai, the creator of the Smash Brothers franchise, has confirmed in a new interview with Japanese news publication Denfaminiko Gamer that he is now semi-retired from the video games industry. Mr. Sakurai is now 52 and has spent his life developing and producing games, and he thinks that if he keeps on at the same pace as before, then his life will just pass him by. Mr. Sakurai also spoke about his enlightening and educational YouTube channel, saying that once it to be an archive of his lessons, he went on to say that after finishing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, 
he felt like he had to aim for the next milestone in his life. Uh, so, Louis, what do you think this really means? Like, do you think he's done working on Smash Brothers? Or do you think that means he'll take it easy? Or I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm a sort of a little bit mixed because, like, I think uh, as Smash fans, we know we didn't deserve half of the stuff that we got. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, Sakurai and Nintendo were too kind to us. Um, like, it... it we, I've read like the stories, like I've I know the development cycle. Like they've literally like Sakurai has put the development cycle on the internet since Brawl, like uh, and like mm-hmm. we know we've read the stories about how like uh, Melee was done in what thirteen months or eighteen months or whatever. I think it was eighteen months, and it was all that entire eighteen month cycle was just crunch the entire time. Uh, so I know that like he had injuries, like you know, developing the game. He can't like lift his arms beyond like his chest or whatever. Like he has like so much uh yes. you know his his he it took a physical toll on him you know i'm not i'm like i know i know uh brawl did i know uh, um wii u did and ultimate did like they all took tolls on him and i think that like he deserves especially after ultimate he deserves to like you know go to like the promised land or whatever and just be like a like a dog in a ranch kind of thing he's like he can play and frolic around and you know be happy you know that's kind of how sort of see it uh so yeah, deservedly so. Like I, I, like the selfish one in me wants me to just like, yeah, but do ultimate, but better. You know, just do it. Just keep going. Just keep going bigger. But like, honestly, like, um, for someone's physical health or whatever, mental health. Yeah, he he should, you know, definitely steer clear. I don't mind if someone else takes over the reins and reboots Smash Brothers and makes it a smaller roster. Like, you know, hey, we got yeah. ultimate. You know, that's enough. That's enough for me. You know. Yeah, I I wonder if the the future for Smash Ultimate, at least for the near future, could be that they just keep re-releasing it. Now I know that that's not a very uh, Nintendo thing to do. I mean, it is in a way, but yeah, you you look at what they did with Mario Kart Eight, right? Where it was like Mario Kart Eight, and then it got DLC on the Wii U, and then they released Mario Kart Eight Deluxe with the DLC included in the Switch. And then and the then Switch gets even more line, DLC, yeah. Yeah, it got even more DLC. So this game that is now close to being 10 years old just keeps being kind of refreshed in some way or another. And and and, and it, it remains relevant to the point where it almost it almost comes across like we don't really need a Mario Kart 9, yeah. right? And with, in fact, during the break, I, I was just playing some of the new tracks on, on Mario Kart 8 with my family and, and having a good time. And uh, Smash Ultimate came out in December of 2018. Mm-hmm. So I think we can see a scenario where, like, in 2028, uh, Smash Ultimate is still alive and well, and maybe it's now running on Nintendo's, like, next generation of hardware, whatever that Switch is. Switch and- whatever, yeah. Yeah, and maybe it's been uh, like up-resed uh, to 4K or whatever and, and received some more updates. Like, and, and that is still the Smash Brothers game to play. Like, you know? I would like to see, like, for, for if, if for his health, like, or whatever, physical and mental, like, all they got to do is just make Smash, Smash Brothers Ultimate Plus with just yes. Smash Ultimate ported, but now we have Subspace Emissary 2, and we have trophies, and we have new characters stages that's yeah it. like that's it like you don't have to make a whole ass game from scratch you know yeah and i, I think sakurai can kind like go chill and do whatever he wants and and they can take it easy with with smash i think players are generally satisfied with where the franchise is at and like you said one day um you know this happens with all franchises right at some point or another it has to be passed on like with 
the Legend of Zelda that was originally Miyamoto, and then it became uh, Aoi Aonuma's uh, project, you know, and, and franchise. And and even then, it's uh, no longer really Aonuma's anymore. It's because he's more of a producer now, since he didn't direct yes. Breath of the Wild. And then with even with Mario, which is like, you know, Miyamoto was still heavily involved until not too long ago. That's also now um, that other guy, uh, Koizumi, I think, yeah, uh, has kind of taken over that franchise as well. So, um, you know, it, it would make sense for, for Smash Brothers to get passed on to somebody else at some point as well. I'm sure there are already people in there working under Sakurai, people that he trusts, people that he works with that could potentially take on that director role. And sometimes... Sometimes some of those people that have been around forever uh, and just kind of like dominating that um, top spot, they do need to move on and go do something else to kind of give somebody else a chance to prove themselves, right? Yeah, well. like, I don't know. I'm a little bit of two minds because like I'm like I've always been subscribed to the notion that like your your top general can be like the next line in succession and it'll be successful. But the problem is, like, there's too much like in it, entertainment. There's too many situations where like the person that they handpicks to succeed them goes and fumbles the ball. Like, for instance, D- Disney CEO uh, Bob Iger was like the most beloved Disney CEO to ever Disney CEO, and he, and he chooses Bob Chapek, and then Bob Chapek is the most hated Disney CEO to ever <laughs> Disney CEO, and so so much so that. Uh, like last month or two months ago, they fired Bob Chapek and gave uh, Bob Iger his job back. Um, you know, something like that. Dang. Where it's like, even when somebody like is, you know, picked to succeed you, like, I don't know if they, if somebody within the inner circle is good to, to take over the reins. Maybe, I don't know. I just, like, I don't want to see a, like a Bob Chapek, Bob Iger situation with Sakurai, like handing the reins over to someone. I even think that, if I'm not mistaken, I think even Kathleen Kennedy who uh, who's basically like the head of Lucasfilm was one of the generals for George Lucas before he sold it off to Disney. So it's like even situations where like they've been ingrained and they've been in the culture, they've been a part of it. Like even then you're not, you're not going to get something that's that people are going to be satisfied or happy or whatever. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to solve that problem to tell you the truth. Counter argument. Uh, David Jaffe was the creator of the God of War franchise and he left Sony and then um, God of War 2018 the reboot was directed by Corey Barlog and the studio head was this woman named uh, Shannon Studstill I think she had been there for a while and that was like the best by many considered the best game in the franchise and then even then with Ragnarok uh, it got passed on to yet another uh, game director. I forgot his name now. And the studio head is also somebody else. Shannon left, and now it's uh, Yumi Yang. Um, and 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 yet it's uh, supposedly a, a big hit once again, and and people love it as well. So yeah, uh, there. I think that for every story where that didn't work out, there's also a story where it did, right? Yeah. So um, you never know. All right. Uh, all right. Let's go through our extra news. Uh, we got 12 items on the list. A baker's dozen. Number one, Bethesda has reiterated it's an, it intends to release Xbox console exclusive Starfield during the first half of the year. Uh, number two, Google Stadia players who bought one of Ubisoft's 37 games on the defunct platform will be granted free PC versions of those games through Ubisoft Connect. Number three, Squanch Games' silly sci-fi shooter High on Life is not only the most popular game on Game Pass right now, it is the biggest Game Pass release of the year and the biggest third-party launch in Game Pass history, according to Microsoft. Nice. Number four, 
We had heard the rumors, but now developer Night Dive Studio has confirmed its System Shock remake heads our way this March. Number five, Pokemon developer Game Freak is bringing its cult favorite 3DS game Pocket Car Jockey to iOS. Number six, Microsoft has hit back at Sony's objection to its planned acquisition of Activision Blizzard by revealing that third-party games like Bloodborne, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy XVI, and Silent Hill 2 Remake are party to exclusion agreements that will prevent those games from coming to Xbox consoles. Number seven, God of War Ragnarok will receive new Game Plus mode in spring of 2023. Number eight, Gold Simulator 3 developer Coffee Stain North has been issued with a takedown notice by the powers that be at Take-Two after it used leaked GTA 6 footage in a recent trailer. Number nine, last week it was made official that Sony's enduringly popular God of War series will be adapted for TV. Amazon Prime Video was the one that ordered the live action series. Number 10, Revered uh, Roguelike Risk of Rain is receiving a remake. Number 11, after January 26th, Hitman 3 will be renamed World of Assassination and include Hitman 1 and 2. Number 12, in the, in the torrent of CES news, Sony announced that it has now sold more than 30 million PS5 consoles worldwide, an increase of 5 million sales since the release of the last sales figures in October. I believe as part of that same announcement, they also stated that uh, the PS5 shortage is over, in their own words. Huh. Uh, we'll see if that's actually true. Um, Lewis, any thoughts? Uh, you know, this has got to be like the most... Uh... The most extra, like the biggest, like extra news segment where it's like I don't really have anything to comment. Um, the only thing I would say is that number twelve, uh, thirty million does feel underwhelming. Uh, like I'm just so used to like seeing situations where like you know in the Switch being a runaway success that it is, and I don't know mm -hmm. like I, like depending on this point in the life cycle, like how far did the PS4 sell? Uh, like I would like to know. I I mean I'm pretty sure that's oh, out I'll, there. I'll but, help you with that. Yeah. Um, well, we're two years in, right? Mm -hmm. So 30 million in two years, you can kind of extrapolate like what that would be like six years, right? Like a, a console life cycle is typically about like, we can count eight years because, you know, it's, they usually release the new console like on year six or seven, but then there's still some extra, like, you know, some extra runaway time or the older consoles thing being sold. So if we, if we, if we time this by four, then I think we can estimate the PS5 peaking out 120 in eight years. That that's probably the best case scenario based on this, right? Yeah. It's, I, I'm making big speculations here because sales tend to go down over the over the life cycle, and sometimes they go back up. Or, you know, with the Switch, the Switch has been able to maintain pretty much very similar uh, sale levels over multiple years, which is not that common. Um, so yeah, I think, I think what this means is that, um, we, it's good. It, it's selling well. Um, Interesting. But... I just looked up the numbers, uh, for the PS4. So by this mm -hmm. time in the life cycle, there were 35.9, basically rounding up to 36. There were 36 million PS4s in the wild by this time. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a little, I guess it's a little behind. Well, shortages of um, hardware stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, there's this argument about console gaming specifically that see like CEOs like Phil Spencer and Sean Layden have at times mentioned, which is that the console gaming market hasn't really changed much. Like it, the size of the console gaming audience has kind of stayed the same for a long time now. It's the same like 200 to 300 million people that get split between these three leading platforms mm -hmm. and the only thing that changes from generation to generation is how the split goes yeah who's in the lead yeah uh, 
Yeah, but it's it's still generally the same amount of people. Like I think there was like I think it went up in the Wii generation because the Wii brought in a lot of, a lot new a lot of new people. Uh, but aside from that, it's like all together, it's usually about like two hundred million units or something like that. Um, so just just an interesting thought. It's like it's not it's not a market that is necessarily growing. It's just kind of stabilized for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I don't really necessarily have much to say either. I think it's weird that they're renaming Hitman, but I I, I wonder if that has something to do with the IP ownership. Like, <laughs> um. There was a weird situation with IO where like they developed Hitman under Square Enix, I think, but then they still own the IP, but maybe they want to turn that IP into something else that goes bigger than than Hitman. Kind of like how they did with a it's like Harry Potter, right? Is the books, but then the IP is actually called The Wizarding World. Um and and so I wonder if they're creating, you know, like the world of assassination so that they can fit in other types of games and spin-offs and et cetera within that there, that there uh, better be a John Wick crossover because that's the only way that that's going to work. <laughs> so that's the world of assassination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, yeah. Aside from that, uh, oh yeah, I, I do want to give a shout out. Number five, I never played this game, but I Pocket Card Jockey is a Game Freak game that I heard of and. I, I remember when the 3DS eShop was closing that because that was the only place where you could play this game, I went and bought it so that <laughs> if I ever wanted to play it, I could. And now it's coming to iOS. Um, so I guess I'm glad that the game is not just dying on the 3DS, but then also it means I didn't actually need to <laughs> need to have yeah, bought it. Yeah, but I bet you but... the 3DS version is going to be some, the superior version because they'll probably put like gotcha mechanics on the phone or ads or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's possible. Uh, all right, Louis. So we're going to do an audible here. Okay. Uh, an hour and 16 in. We got Temple of Time out this week, the list, and we got our announcement. Mm. Um, I think... Uh, I'm th- I'm wondering if we should skip Temple of Time and do it next time. All right. That's fair. Uh, that that episode will still be in January. Would you, would you be cool with that? Yeah, I think I'll live. All right. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so I'm going to pass the show over to you to do out this week. You know, I'll just, uh, I'll skip the sound effect cause there's no point, uh, you know, anyways, nice. Good one. Good one. Um, so for Epic game store, we missed out and I missed out, you know, on some very big, uh, stuff because over the holiday weekend or holiday weekend holidays, um, Epic Games, like, did this thing where they gave out, like, you know, the 12 Days of Christmas or whatever. They gave out a free game every fucking day or whatever. And on Christmas Day, Dan messages me and be like, yo, go claim Death Stranding. And I'm like, bet. So I've been claiming um, Epic Games games uh, through my phone because, like, I don't have time to go to my PC and, I, you know, every fucking day. So I just sign into my Epic Games account on my phone and I claimed them through my phone every day like i was just when i remembered oh yeah it's just it was convenient it was very easy for me and so when i when i'm trying to claim death stranding it says that it 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 said that he claimed i'm like okay whatever cool and but here's the thing it was taking forever it was taking like it was loading and kind of sort of like you know it says you know don't close this page until you it's like you know it's like okay and i did i waited the next day it wasn't there anymore it wasn't it was like purchase it for the full price and i'm like what no i claimed it so it sucks that i didn't get to do it 
<laughs> what was me hashtag first world I, I think there were some issues in that particular day i think it it the fact that they were giving away that game actually drove a lot of people to the to the store and i think i heard i saw on twitter a few other people reporting that like it was like the wario 64 tweet like about the game being free uh-huh. and then there were some subtweets under it people saying that they were like not able to connect or whatever yeah um the traffic kind of so like what happened with gta some... 5 when it was for free it, it basically shut the store down kind of like that mm-hmm. yeah i imagine yep yeah but anyways so that was the one that got away which is fine that happens to me every year uh, this week, the free games are Kerbal Space Program and Shadow Tactics uh, Akio's Choice. Um, you know what? Just because uh, it looks pretty interesting, let's go with Shadow's Tactics. Let's read the blurb on this one. Akio's Choice is a brand new standalone add-on to the beloved stealth tactics games, uh, Shadow Tactics. Set in Japan around the Edo period, you take control of the Kanoki adept uh, Akio and her deadly assassin friends to hunt down the ghost of her past. Okay, cool. It looks. I'm looking at this trailer playing silently. It looks pretty cool, pretty decent. Um, it's very top down, so cool. Um, and then next week's uh, free game of the week is allegedly First Class Trouble, which I want to say they gave it away for. Fr- I feel like they gave it away for free before. So yeah. Anyways, um, as far as uh, other things that are going on, Game Pass, uh, there's an update, and uh, I'm guessing this is the latest one, but this came from like last month because High on Life is on here. I see Hello Neighbor. Uh, I actually think we can, I think we, I just didn't update this because when I checked, there were no new updates and then I forgot to delete the link. So I don't know if you want to read those, but yeah, these have been out since December. Yeah, just check out High on Life. Um, totally fine and then uh oh yeah oh the star wars uh the skywalker saga that's a good one um as far as ps plus this is um basically playstation is doing very good to us right now because the january free games of the month are actually the all three of these could have been headliners in their own months uh depending on the month but jedi fallen order is free daniel i need you to claim it because you know we're going to be doing the an ogat on fallen order at some point yes um then we got Fallout 76, which I don't know if, if people are happy with the game now. I'm pretty sure there's been patches and updates and stuff like that to the game. I think they are. I What I, what I heard from that game is that there actually is a dedicated community that there, there uh, Bethesda has put in enough effort to uh, to improve the game since release. And there's a de- dedicated smallish community that plays it to this day that is generally pleased with where the game is at, or at least so is what I heard so mm-hmm. um i think if you're into you know those kinds of multiplayer games it's a totally serviceable game nowadays and then the last uh, game is axiom verge 2 which uh, is good because it was a very uh well the first game was definitely well, re- well received and i think i even got that first game for free uh, back in the day so basically it's uh it's nice it's a two for one special because they're it's the ps4 and the ps5 versions uh so yeah Basically, that is a big W for PlayStation fans. And then, uh, not even going to bother with Games of Gold because we announced uh, last last year that we're not doing Games of Gold anymore. And as far as the new releases, uh, kind of very uh, slow right now. It's more mostly ports uh, for the most part. Uh, so we have We Are Caretake. We Are the Caretakers for Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. That was on the 6th. Uh, Lone Ruin for Switch and PC on the 12th. Vengeful Guardian, Moon Rider for PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC, also on the 12th. And then on the 13th, we got Dragon Ball Z Kakarot for PS5 and Xbox Series. 
One Piece Odyssey for PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, PC on the 13th. And on the 19th, we got A Space for the Unbound, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Colossal Cave, uh, PS5, Xbox Series, Switch, and PC, and uh, Persona 3 Portable for Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And finally, also on the 19th, we have Persona 4 Golden for Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. So yeah, uh, pick of the week, Dan. Uh, I'm actually going to say, I think the Persona games coming out on more platforms, I think that's a pretty big win yes. for gamers. Something people have been wanting for a long time. These games have been stranded on like the PSP and the PS2 and uh, Golden on the Vita. So um, nice, nice to see them come out on more platforms. And I know One Piece Odyssey is one that, you know, some people seem to be into. Uh, looks kind of neat, but I'm not a, I've never really watched One Piece, so I don't care for it. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. I was going to say the Persona games definitely are on my radar. Um, it's nice that Persona 4 Golden is out on so many other platforms. Um, I probably would play it, buy it on the Switch because I feel like people will like it on the... Like they liked it on the Vita and they thought... I heard that you know Persona 4 is a good handheld game, so putting it on the Switch kind of for me is like a no-brainer. Um, so yeah. And also, uh, Persona 4 has actually been on, like, PC for, like, a good while now. So maybe I can put it on my Steam Deck instead. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Good point. Um, so, yeah, Dan, um, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, how do you want to proceed with the rest of the show? All right. Let's, uh, let's do the list. Okay. All right. So the Ready, Press, Play list of best games of all time where we do uh, one game per uh, at a time and... It's my turn to add a game, and... Uh, you know, Louis, the doc says your turn, but I wonder if it's my no, turn. No, you were the last person I, to add a game. Look at remind the... Remind me what game I added. You... On episode... 142, 140. you added Nintendo Land. Because on 143, was is, a, uh, it was a DLC episode. That is correct. That is correct. Okay. That is fair. So I think the error here is that I have it written including Lewis Stern, including move, but I don't think you're doing a move. Oh, today. that's right. It is not a move. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so that's why I was like, did I copy and paste this and miss that? Um, I'm not sure, but. Yeah. It was, it was probably just a copy and paste, which makes sense from the last time we did this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the uh, the list, which, uh, it's my turn to add one game, and uh, I'll probably read the list at the at the end. I don't want to read it twice. But I'm going to read a tier. And actually, no, you know what? I did a, um, I, I did this thing where, like, uh, since I knew it was my turn this week, I made a short list of what I want to add to the, to, the, to the list. And there are nine games that I came up with. But then I realized that uh, we're going to stop the list at 50. And that means that, um, that means that, I can't possibly add all nine of these games because there's only like what, like <laughs> fourteen, so seven, seven more for me that I can add. That means two of these motherfuckers can't make it. So, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to fix this list with you, and I don't want to play inside okay. baseball because we've never done this before. We never, we always keep it from ourselves. But I see a situation where one of my games is a game that you could potentially bring onto the list, and I wanna, I wanna nix it. If you promise that you will bring it to the list in the future, why would I do that? <laughs> to give up what? one of your spots, <laughs> so I can. Have yeah, one. <laughs> I mean, that literally means because, like, I actually I have a short list of like 
12 games or something. Damn. That I gotta that I that I gotta fuck around with. So why? No, it's gotta. I I'm not gonna. You know, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna take your bride. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, we're gonna play fair and square here. Oh, damn it's, it. uh, you know, we gotta take risks. Oh shit. You uh, you're gonna have to make choices. And uh, and and that it is what it is. Damn it. Okay, so not every one of my picks can make it. All right. So yeah. So we're not gonna make it to the. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. I'm gonna take my bet and just hope that you bring it on there, and I'm just gonna keep it in there in the back pocket. I already have my list written out, so I'm gonna just go ahead and pick uh, what I really want on the list the most, and that is gonna go in C tier. So I'm gonna read out C tier. Uh, at number 25, we got Luigi's Mansion 3. 26, we got Mortal Kombat 9. Number 27, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. 28, Nintendo Land. 29, Rayman Legends. 30, Metal Gear Solid. 31, Fire Emblem Three Houses. 32, Super Meat Boy. Number 33, It Takes Two. Number 34, Mario Power Tennis. Number 35, Mario Party 6. And Dead Last, number 36, League of Legends. All right, so my, my game is going to be somewhere on there, and I think... Dan, I think I'm going to put it at the very top of C tier. And I think you will agree okay. with me. You might even, may even want to uh, convince me to go higher. We'll see. I'm going to bring Towerfall Ascension to the list. Ooh. Now, for those that don't know, Towerfall Ascension was the Ouya killer app. It was a Ouya exclusive for a minute, but the Ouya failed. So it became a PS Plus game. And it was one of the best games, like, you know, it's a good multiplayer party game. It's a game that, it's essentially just archery, where you just play as an archer, and you're just, like, versusing each other and stuff like that. There's a story mode and stuff like that. There's unlockables. There's good stuff. Um, it's a game that you can get into on your very first time playing it. You can basically be good at it, and it's a very good, fun, fun party environment. The Switch version is the best version because it does up to six players, whereas the other versions only are capped at, hard capped at four. So for me, I think with Towerfall being a uh, uh, in the rotation for my my inner circle, I think that this is a good recommendation. It's a very good like C tier game. I don't think it's gonna go up there on the in the into the B tiers. You know, like it's not up there, but it's it's definitely like arcadey. It's very fun. It's it's a game. You know, it's yeah. So uh, that's where I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna bring to the table. Dan, you uh, you when you came to my place, you played it. You had a good time with it. What do you think? Yeah. Um, no, I think this is a good pick. I think it's a nice representation of like the party genre of games outside of like the traditional like Nintendo fair that we're already used to and talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to see this here because as much as I like the game and I think it deserved to be on the list, I don't know if I would have thought of it. And I think the main reason why I might have not thought of it is because I did not really play this game until i played it at your house just i don't know last year or um i'm losing track of time so that might have been it was, was that 2021 years, it was 2021 yeah it was two years ago yeah so i guess that that was like i guess a year and a half ago basically yeah. but yeah um and but i have since bought it on my switch and i have not had a lot of party situations <laughs> in which i i was able to play it but i you could do i the, do want you to could play do the story mode with you and leah yeah i i've played with leah a bit and i I do want to try to play with more people, and I definitely like it. And it's one of those things like this this studio, um, I don't know what they're called now, actually. They, they used to be called Matt Makes Games, but I, I think they got renamed recently because that, that new game they announced was under a different yeah. studio name. Yeah. 
Um, oh yeah, I just realized we but, have Celeste on here, so we have two Matt May games yes, two game studios on yeah, here. Yeah, I just realized ex- exactly. Damn. Okay. So um, I think now they're called like OK Games or something like that. I I can't remember, but regardless, um, they, that studio they just have a way of like capturing this like it's just like the fluidity of the controls and the simplicity of the mechanics while having this like depth to the way you use the mechanics that is. In so many ways, it's what was so exciting about games in in, in their purest and and truest form in in times like the like the seventies and the eighties before it became about graphics and I mean it was always about graphics too but like before it became about polygons and um and like environment and storytelling and spectacle and all that stuff is like it's really about the gameplay mechanics and it's really about being fun and and i think that game just captures it so well it's so easy to learn it's pick up and play anybody can learn in a few minutes and then it's all about the skill of getting better and better and better at it um so i'm definitely down with you bringing it to the list i'm down with the placement um i personally would not uh try to prop it up just because i feel like i have not had enough experience with it yet to justify that all right yeah fair enough fair enough yeah so but either way like just being at where it's at like kind of like hit the nail yes yeah. i think that's a pretty i think it's a pretty good placement for it all right cool cool yeah i think that's pretty fun i was like i think that's where like the company sort of, uh, sort of belongs like I just can't see like Towerfall, you know, being in these uh, these categories of like these open world games like uh, Spider Man and Ghost and Horizon. So it's like, uh, yeah, I just that's why I, that's why I kind of sort of wanted to put it there. Uh, but yeah, fun um, game and definitely worth uh, uh, playing. Uh, like I said, I I would always recommend the Switch version above all other platforms. All right. So our list has Super Mario World, The Last of Us, Ocarina of Time, Tetris, Street Fighter 2, Breath of the Wild, GTA 5, Smash Ultimate, Mario Galaxy, God of War, Celeste, Ori in the Blind Forest, Fortnite, Inside, Shovel Knight, Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima, Horizon, Zero Dawn, Journey, Portal, Uncharted 2, Bioshock, Detroit, Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, Towerfall, Ascension in number 25 or newest edition, then Luigi's Mansion 3, Mortal Kombat, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Nintendo Land, Rayman Legends, Metal Gear Solid, Fire Emblem 3 Houses, Super Meat Boy, It Takes Two, Mario Power Tennis, Mario Party 6, and League of Legends at number 37. Now we're going to get to the point where it won't even fit on one page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, pretty much, pretty much. On our dock here. Uh, now, Louis, here's, here's what we're going to do. Um, you have not been playing sound effects this episode, right, nope. at all. Uh, so we're not going to do any sound effects. We're done with the list segment and we typically would do recommendations here at the end and we can maybe still do that later if you'd like. I, I don't know if you, do you have anything to recommend necessarily? Um, I will have something to recommend next episode because I haven't watched it yet. Uh, so yeah, I'll just hold off. Yeah. Okay. If anything, you know, the last of us, when that comes out, you might want to go check that out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I also could skip on the recommendations. Um, but Louis and I have an announcement to make in today's episode. Uh, it is a bittersweet announcement. I mean, if anything, it's it's more bitter than than sweet, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah. there's there's uh, reasons for it, and I know that this may come as a shock to to some people. And and uh, we do have um, a, a small yet dedicated uh, listener base that's been listening for a while. Some episodes, you know, hit better. Other episodes just kind of 
didn't uh but there is at least a small amount of people that seem to have been listening episode upon episode uh i know some of my friends personal friends do and we appreciate you for it (laughs) and we appreciate you for it uh so ready press play has now been running for what like three full years right we started it early in 2020 right before the pandemic uh, Happy three-year anniversary to you, Dan. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, we're we're now completing our three-year anniversary, which means that it makes this the beginning of year four. Four baby. Ready for play? <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're here to announce that Lewis and I are ending ready press play um nobody told me (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that uh this year uh not only this year will be the last episode of ready press play this one is not the last episode but it is one of the last episodes of the podcast uh we're now this is episode 144 uh we're gonna do six more over the next 12 weeks uh, maintaining the cadence that we established uh, last year so we have about three more months and we're going to end the show with a special episode 150 uh and that will be the end of ready press play yep one well yes uh, can kind of uh <laughs> it'll be 150 will be like uh, we already know the title of 150 by the way we already talked about it um <laughs> and um how do I put this? You know, I think it's time. I think there's a lot to say, by the way. I actually have so many mm-hmm. things, so many thoughts running through my head. Uh, the first thing I want to say is uh, I titled an episode, like, I don't know what, what number it was. It might have been 138 or something like that. I titled it Ragnarok is Here. And when that episode, <laughs> we didn't even talk about God of War Ragnarok. And I even mentioned it in the show notes. And uh, the reason why I titled it that episode, because that was the day we decided to end it at 150. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's inside baseball for the fans, but we had already known that 150 would be the final episode, and it's like more of a soft ending because we're planning on still like doing like specials, like what I did with Ready Play Movies, where I just randomly dropped an episode with the crew or whatever. Where it's sort of dead, but also like from beyond the grave, we'll drop episodes. Um, but like I've been thinking about it, like uh, we haven't had like that excitement of doing the show anymore, like. We sort of dance at it like a one time off camera where it's like we solved the show and we're not in this we're not in this place where we're wanting to experiment. We're wanting to try something new. We're wanting to we're not really wanting to reinvent the wheel. As a matter of fact, we even in year one, like in 2020, we had this doc of like topic of the show ideas and we didn't even finish all those ideas. We, we, we finished the ones that we mattered the most, the ones that we wanted to talk to talk about the most, but we're yeah. not in a we're not in, I'm not in, myself I can speak for myself I'm not in a headspace where I want to pitch ideas to Dan anymore so uh mm-hmm. yeah I don't know what do you take it away Dan yeah it's it's weird because like in some ways I feel like uh that sometimes people say like oh everything has a time to end right like every nothing lasts forever like uh the the only permanent thing is change itself is this saying that i've used before and and there are some things that that do last forever or seem to last a really long time or a lifetime or whatever i mean um league of legends is still popular on year 12 or (laughs) whatever and days of our lives is still running um but i i do think that to me like there's this thing about figuring out when when things should end and and kind of ending it on a on a high note as opposed to just 
continuing to carry a dead body through like um like you know when a show is was like supposed to end on like season four or something but they just keep going and going and going and and before you notice it's not even it's not even the show anymore um and and ready press play it's like it's not that it's in that state necessarily i feel like we're still putting out good episodes but uh off camera lewis and i have just slowly become like he said, less and less excited and interested in the show over time. And I think it is just kind of the factor of like doing this thing for as long as we have. And part of the changes that we did in 2022, we're sort of to accommodate for that feeling like, hey, we don't like this is a lot of work doing this every week, like putting together the doc, coming to get especially when we're doing video, right? Like uh, getting ready, like looking nice, like doing the video. Lewis had all the overlays set up and, and alternating between different like uh angles and and views and etc and putting on my makeup doing all and stuff. of that and <laughs> yeah yeah like as this hobby right and like i think like when you're when you have a hobby you gotta like like it's gotta be making you happy and excited and, and that's kind of what um justifies keeping that hobby and over time we kind of just started sort of caring less and less about it and and as much as there is still some enjoyment i think the enjoyment has started being overpowered by or just like tiredness of it and or desire to go and do other things with our time instead um and the excitement has started to fade away and and i think it really like at some point it became a little bit more of a chore uh at at some point in 2022 you know i think both i i mentioned this i think i was probably the first one to mention this to lewis like hey i don't know like this uh the podcast starting to feel like a chore to me I'm, I'm a little bit less excited about it and and i think we should start talking about when we're gonna end it um and those conversations actually might have started like i don't know like a year ago now yep right um, around the time we were ending the video yeah 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 um and and we did talk and and, and it was like well let's let's go to uh every other week because then maybe that will make it easier for us to run it a little longer and, and we'll see how it goes and and uh and and it's fine and i do think it, it helped in some ways and and i know especially with lewis like his workload got increased and in, in the level one gaming stuff that he does as well um and so i know that this has probably helped him like he's there there were weeks where lewis was in three different podcasts on on the same week and and then streaming on monday or whatever and uh with me like i actually kind of as much as i like this like i like catching up with lewis i like having this excuse to like uh read on the gaming news like i sort of miss just playing games <laughs> like just like just kind of chilling out and playing games and not feeling like i have to be up to date with all these stories every week um there, there's one more factor too which i want to say is that like i feel like this year was so bad in terms of gaming news like that i think that was part of the demotivation factor as well i feel like so many weeks we felt like we were scraping the bottom of the barrel when we we're trying to put the show together even with the bi-weekly um cadence that we got to yeah and we're just talking about stories that maybe we don't even care, care about <laughs> yeah. that much, right? Like, just for the sake of, like, well, you know, this is the stuff we got to cover this week. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, I really think it just started feeling like it was it was time to call it. Yeah, you know, honestly, like, I'm, like, concerned and not concerned at the same time. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we were we were friends. We were internet bef friends before the show, right? But I think, yeah. like, the, the show brought us even closer together, you know, like... For the longest time, you were just 
a Twitter profile picture to me. And not in like a bad way, yeah. but like I didn't no, have I a visualization it. of you. I didn't have a three-dimensional visual visualization of you. And so it's like I got to video chat with you for the first time because of the show. And I actually got to see how you act, you know, sound like, uh, look like, and then meeting you in real life for episode 100, you know, it's like, and then hanging out with you in mm -hmm. Evo, you know, like this show did bring us closer together. And yeah, uh, absolutely. I think we would, I think we would still be internet friends after the show. And that's, that's not to say that we're going to stop talking because we're obviously going to continue to still do OGAT and specials and stuff. But like, I'm a little, uh, I'm not concerned that we're not going to be friends. But I'm also concerned that we're going to revert back to our, 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 our holiday breaks in the sense that we don't message each other during the breaks. And I wonder if we're going to just fall into that cadence where we would sort of fall out of touch a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a good thing to bring up because it happens, like it has happened with so many of my friends in the past where we do have this close relationship and then like um i move away or they move away and, and life changes and then suddenly we no longer have an excuse like school or work to uh to talk to each other every day and then you just kind of don't right like it becomes like you either talk to them um once or twice a year or even less than that or you don't talk at all until you happen to be in the same town again and then you message each other like yo i'm in town let's hang out or something yeah and then um, and then i have to like which... message you uh, dm you a twitter uh snyder cut <laughs> you know what i mean yeah <laughs> yeah but go on and but here's the thing though i feel like i feel like we build something here by like i i i feel like we were um we were internet friends before like you said we were like you know like twitter like pen pals yeah kind of thing right and not very close ones at that but i think that in these three years uh we built enough of a relationship to be straight up friends now right like like high like a tier friends yeah right and i think that 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 what that means is that we may talk less and I'm sure we will talk less than once a week, probably, um, on a call. Um, but I don't think that means we will fall out of touch. I think we will still, like, I think we'll still talk from time to time. And I, what I think it's going to be is that I still think that the the conduit of our friendship will still be connected to making content or podcasting. And I think what it is going to be is that whenever we feel, like, you probably have friends in your life that you associate with certain activities where it's like... When you feel like doing this thing again, that's when you hit up that friend because that's like, oh, that's the friend you go to the movies with, yeah, you know, or like, oh, that's the friend you go drinking with or something. And I think that we're still kind of going to be with each other like, oh, that's the friend that I stream with or that's the friend that I podcast with or that's the friend I make content with. And I think because of that, whenever we have a situation where we miss each other, I think that's what we're going to go to, right? Like, um, like, oh, man, I... I haven't, uh, you know, maybe we're texting every once in a while or whatever, but like, I haven't really talked to Lewis in a bit. Lewis, let's do a podcast. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's just hop in and let's just talk about whatever, or like, let's talk about E3 and let's just throw it in the feed, you know? And maybe that will be the way that we'll interact. Or, you know, with the Evo situation, maybe like whenever E3 comes back and I'll just hit you up and be like, dude, get tickets. Let's go to E3 you know yeah um and then let's make a video you know uh while we're there or something like that so um 
I feel like we're going to find those ways, but yeah, it's just going to be probably less frequent than, than it is now. Yeah. I'm going to miss you, Dan. (laughs) I'll miss you too. And Um, we do still have, like I said, six more, uh, episodes of this, right? So we're probably going to get more emotional (laughs) on the actual (laughs) last episode. And, and Lewis kind of mentioned this, like, uh, just sort of casually mention it but we do intend on continuing to do the reviews and and spoiler cast and and dropping that on the old get feed uh we probably won't drop them in here anymore i feel like i kind of want to let this feed go silent um to actually like make it a like to actually convey the fact that that the podcast is done and then um whenever we feel like bringing it back and that's the thing too it's like our spot sort of like a see you later yeah. like it, hey don't, don't this might as don't, well be don't a... uh, don't give away the sauce <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. we already know yes but no um yeah no we're um we're, we're not we're not going anywhere i'm still going to be on the internet you know what i mean yeah you can find me on level mm-hmm. one gaming i'm still going to be on double xp freaking dan mentioned to me off camera that like i was repeating myself between shows you know it's like uh, you know, so it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's... I have I have still not... I just want to point something out. I have still not been a guest or on Double XP, by the way. You know, just, just... you know, I'm pretty sure you can just DM Fame and he'll make it happen with like a finger snap. I'm pretty sure if you wanted to... Yeah, I know, have... but... It's not. It's not the same thing when you like when you when you invite when yourself. You, <laughs> invite yeah. yourself in versus when you're when you're invited. You know what I mean? Um, you know. I, honestly, and who knows? Maybe you know I just, what, now may- that you brought it up to me, I'm gonna just tell Frame. You know, he's uh, yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and uh, not only that, but also like I'm pretty sure like Fame will only want you on if unless you have bills to uh, beans to spill on EA. That's that's the condition, mm. and that's not happening. So. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Maybe once I maybe maybe if I leave. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I still wouldn't. Yeah, you'd still probably, probably be under that. NDA. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not how it works. But uh, yeah, so that's the announcement. Uh, we're ending the show. Um, I think the date for the last episode will be somewhere in end of March. I believe it's or March April. 31st, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes. So. And we're gonna. Uh, if you do the math, you know that you know Lewis mentioned earlier today that we're gonna get the list. Or, or, or ready press playlist of 50 games and we only have six episodes left uh so what we're gonna do is that final special episode will be bringing in more than one uh game to the list we're gonna be completing it um and we're gonna do some more special topics and stuff between now and the end um i don't even know how much we should be covering news to be honest because there's just not <laughs> much happening and maybe we should just do our special topics that we want to do you know honestly we should probably um, revisit that like that google sheet and like find out if there's really any topic of the shows that we really wanted to do and really close the book on, on the, on the mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, yeah, but honestly, yeah. I don't know if there is much because I think the ones that we really wanted to Same. do, we did. I feel like we pretty much did everything that we actually cared about. And, and some of the other stuff may not even be that relevant anymore. Yeah. Cause it's like, like, uh, like, Oh, we can talk about which company, uh, Microsoft might acquire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we don't. I don't. We don't. Yeah. We haven't done a deep dive in a long time. Where it's like, oh yeah, let's do that. But I do a deep dive show now. At this point, I have I have cogs. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
Uh, and, and whether I'm going to be on the internet in any way, uh, after this, the answer is, I don't know, but <laughs> you know what, Dan, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this at some point at this in sometime in year 2023, I'm going to have you be on cogs. Cause I think that you could do a deep dive with us on something that you're, you're like an expert at. I think that whatever it is, I will let you mm. even pick the topic, you know, you can regale okay. us with your okay. knowledge. Yeah. Okay. If you want. That could be interesting. If you want. I would have I would have to think about this. I actually don't know what uh what is it that uh like what video game topic I would be the most appropriate to uh yeah. to talk about. I've done some really good ones. I've done like stuff like on the NES, I've done stuff on bootlegs. Like I've done really good episodes where like I've put a good script together. I'm very proud of myself in some of these episodes. Um so yeah, I would like to see you take on that format and see what you want to do. As a matter of fact, you actually wanted to do a podcast where you did like whole like restore historical research and stuff like that i've known that yes so like this would be your time i've had so many yeah. ideas of podcasts that i wanted to do and then it's just like but i don't but then i just time, don't yeah. want to put in the effort yeah <laughs> like but you could do it for one um, week just do it for one episode like i i i think we can yes. make it happen i could just talk to hugger have her make a third an overlay with the third and then there you go yeah all right so you you and hugger will let me be your third <laughs> that's, <fine. laughs> that's funny but yes yes Dan right, is a third. Right. Dan, you'll be a third wheel. How does that make you feel? <laughs> After I third wheel with you, now I get to finally make you a third wheel. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Um, all right. Well, you know, now that I, now that I, we did, now that we pulled the trigger and we did this, I actually, I feel like this relief almost. It's like, because <laughs> um, I actually think it will be nice to just sort of like fall back on my anonymity a little oh bit oh my like, god it's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not like i'm this famous yeah. like person or anything like that but there it is kind of interesting that i've been i've been talking on this mic pretty much every week for three years now and it wasn't something i was used to doing before yeah and then my um, star will continue to rise as level one gaming rises you know <laughs> yes yeah yes which by the way you know if uh if 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 Level one gaming ever, uh, you know, gets really successful and you get really successful with them and stuff like I want, I want to get some credit too, because I was the one that pushed you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, it was Dan's suggestion that I join level one gaming and like go at it. Um, like I was very like, kind of like, you know, shy about it. Very not, not very pushy about it. Um, mm -hmm. I, he was his idea for me to be on double XP as a panelist, as a permanent cast member. And I was like, mm, do I really want to? And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. True. It really is a true story. Like, um, I went from like their writer to like, uh, to being their reviewer, to being the number one reviewer, to being a co panelist. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going to, in about two weeks time from the, from the recording, I'm going to be an official co-owner of, uh, the site. So it's crazy. It's like. You know, Dan, you really, uh, you really were the catalyst. I will say, like, um, even when I was doing music with Metallica, yeah. you're like, step up your graphics game up. So like, I just give me, just give me your picture. <laughs> I'll do it for you. you know? Yeah, get yourself, uh, get on iTunes. All right, like, okay, yeah, yes, Dan. <laughs> and I, I guess I'm kind of realizing too that I think I can only have like one side project at a time. You know, because this has become my side project over the last three years. And I always tell Louis that I have these other ones as well. But the truth is, like, they never had the focus either. I feel like Ready Press Play was kind of my focus. And I wonder, like, what my next What's your next side gig project. is? Yeah. Just, yeah, like, just stay on his Twitter and you'll find out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Who knows? Like, maybe I'll finally make an indie game, which I've been wanting to forever. Honestly, but... I'm pretty sure. I'm surprised you uh, haven't already, to tell you the truth. 
Yeah. Well, it's just it's just a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, just be make the next Axiom Verge. Be that next guy. Be that that story on a on a digital presentation where like one guy made it from top to bottom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, man. This is fun. It is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Don't forget to subscribe. Give us a nice review. And tell your friends about the show. You can find the podcast at Ready Press Play on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at PowerUpDan and Lewis. I'm going to say I'm a Chocolaka 88, but also I got to throw this out there. Do we really need to tell everyone to subscribe and follow us if we're ending the show? <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think we got to stick with it up until the last episode. Even the last and episode, say, like the, yes. the sign off, like subscribe. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think so. Okay. We, we should say like for the last time, and then read the read the. Thing. Yeah. All right. Peace um, out, guys. See ya. <laughs>